I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his Envy. Episode 29, another episode of A Gay and His Envy. Thank you all so much for listening to us wherever you do, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, across the board. We are so thankful for all your love and support. Be sure to show that love and support a little bit more by leaving a rating or a review wherever you listen to us. And also be sure to follow us across our social media platforms, whether that be on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, etc. Um, also, our merch is now available on againismb.threadless.com. Perfect time with Pride Month coming around. Oh yeah, we've got a great Pride design out. It's got the uh, the pink uh, the pink triangle uh, that is emblematic of the entire queer community, and it says. Not gay as in happy, queer as in fuck you. Love that. <laughs> and it's um, it's all neon colors, and it makes me really happy. We've also got uh, five other designs to choose from that aren't Pride-related, but, um, you know, feel free to grab those as well. And Threadless is running an amazing sale right now that's through January. Or sorry, not January. <laughs> all the way through January. No, uh, June 5th. It's the other J month. The other other J month. Um, June 5th uh, at 11 a.m. Eastern. So do the math if you're in another time zone. Um, but it is, uh, I think, $13 tees. Uh, $16 tanks and like 20 to 30% off of literally everything else on the store. And like we've talked about before, we have a wide range of things to select from that you can get each of these designs on. You've got magnets, you've got buttons, you've got um, stickers, you've got blankets, you've got throw pillows, shirts, hoodies, tank tops, um, bags really cute like tote bags and beach bags and whatnot great for upcoming summer trips or whatever um you know lots of different things to choose from and uh you're supporting a queer owned and a disabled owned business so uh you know log on make a purchase please do purchase now perfect time to do it Uh, and like we said thank you so much for supporting us uh in any of our ventures so what are we talking about on this episode babe we got a lot in store Uh, we do have a lot in store Uh, so much in fact that this week is also going to give us a bonus episode coming out on saturday as well for all of our bravo content uh over there we're going to be talking about uh the jersey wedding and the vanderpump reunion part one and the latest uh atlanta shenanigans going on over there um but today we have um we have the last what three hours (laughs) really (laughs) of survivor which is the top five all the way through the crowning of the sole survivor but before we get to any of that we are going to talk Drag Race All-Stars Season 8. New episode of Drag Race out. Uh, we come back into the workroom after Nasha uh, has just been eliminated. Uh, we find out that Jimbo also chose Nasha to go home uh, in their lip sync. Should lip not have sync. been in the bottom. Lipstick. That's hard. Lip sync, lipstick. Got make it easier on us, Drag Race, please. Um, but no, yeah, and, and you know, we kind of talked about how we didn't feel like Nasha was that bad in the challenge beforehand so yeah um and so we go uh they open the box with the uh group lipstick lipstick oh my god really <laughs> the group lipsticks the sticks with the lip products inside um and i love kahana not being able to open the box and like struggling what for what for what felt like a minute like 
like trying to get the like not showing where the latch was and stuff like that. It was funny. Um, and then we see obviously what we saw before, which is that there were three votes um, for Kahana, one being Nasha, obviously. Um, Jessica and Kasha both copped to the fact that they voted for Kahana. Jessica, I mean, was very open and honest about being close with Nasha, both bonding over being Puerto Rican and that bond. I mean, she was, I mean, she was very emotional when Nasha got eliminated. So it was pretty mm-hmm. clear that that vote was the way it was. And Kahana was getting a little, um, uh, pointed with her, which I don't <laughs> mind. Like, I think with this kind of format, it needs, you know, people are going to be emotional and have their feelings about certain things. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Kahana is basically like, look, I knew you were close, but it doesn't make sense based on my track record. And I love Jessica in her confessionals to be like, no one's going to tell me how to vote. So, yeah, you vote how you want to vote, and I'm going to vote how I want to vote. Yeah. And she's like, I don't regret it at the end of the day. Um, Kasha also basically felt persuaded by Nisha's pleas, sort of, in the in the end of it. And, you know, Kahana's like, you know what? There's no bad blood, but think people need to, should be voting on track record going forward. Like very like stern and like, I don't mind it. Cause it was like, this is how I think this is what I think is the like proper narrative in terms of things. I, I get it when also you just won the last challenge. Like it's fl- frustrating that that's couldn't be considered, but well, sure, but if it had been Rose reverse, she would have the opinion, oh, no, you shouldn't vote on track record. It should be this episode, and you should have your opinion. It would be sure. a completely different opinion if she wasn't the one that was benefited by the track record argument. Yeah, no one really, no one really has, like, a, a standard in terms of, like, it really, it really is dependent upon the moment, I will say that. Um, we go into the workroom the next day. Candy's talking about wanting to lip sync because obviously the, with the money that's been rolling over now, it's at $30,000. So it's a big, you know, prize money. Um, they get into these like sort of like light discussions and like James is wearing like a gray hanky, um, which is, she makes the point to be like, well, this is the bondage hanky for the famous hanky code from, Mm -hmm. you know, queer history. Um, and then Alexis tries tries to get the conversation going about who's been in a swing before, a sex swing, and I was like, "Oh God, this is why this is this is why straight people can can get behind us. We we are the DV. They usually have no problem getting behind us. Well, it's when they want to get in front that it's a problem. Yeah, that's the problem. Uh, we get Rue mail. Obviously, this sort of break up from whatever that was." Um, and Rue introduces the maxi challenge, which is we were finally getting the ball and this is the supermarket ball, um, with, uh, three looks that they have to serve on the runway two that they've brought, uh, with them to the competition. And then one that they have to make, uh, in the workroom themselves. Um, those categories being legendary queens. So dairy based looks kind of straightforward, um, fruity patootie. And then we have supermarket supermodel. See, I feel like they should have had Leslie Jones because she hosts Supermarket Suite. Uh, well, I has I think that's ended. By the way, I feel like they haven't renewed. Did that. they really? I feel that like was, they have. It, it was so good. It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Like, like go watch old episodes. It's actually really great. And I, I kind of hate modern game shows now. I feel like it's like they've gotten a little too over sanitized and like a little bit. Like, there's no like 
looseness to that. Like, like less, if you want to know what he's talking about, go watch Lingo, hosted by Rue. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> I mean, it is kind of Rue kind of carries it in a certain way because you're. But it's still very. It could very much be a hologram of Rue, and it would not be any different. Yeah, it was AI generated quips. <laughs> Um, and the so the pit crew then bring in the groceries and they get to all kind of swoon over the pit crew, uh, particularly Lala, which yeah, no love to see it. Um, and yeah, so basically, and like I said, the supermarket supermodel they have to make in the workroom based off of all these materials, these g- supermarket materials that they give them, which there were some like, but it was I was expecting more food. There was some, but it wasn't. Yeah, like, but like perishables and yeah. That he doesn't travel that like, way. How do you attach it? Like if somebody tries to like, like you got rotting fruit and vegetable. It's just not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, we'll say it also like, like they have like lettuce and stuff like, and, but also then don't have the judges then critique them later about like, well, you glued something to a bodysuit. Like, okay, well I can't sew lettuce. Yeah. So yeah. what do you want me to do here? <laughs> like, um, Kasha, uh, they all start to grab the, their items and start to work on stuff. Kasha is struggling from the early going. She is very clear that she is not a designer. She hasn't done a ball even on her original season too. So this is her first time. Well, when she talks at confessional. She's like, I'm sorry. I don't make my own <laughs> garments. I have money. I pay people. She literally <laughs> says it's 2023. Do we have to whittle our own pencil to write a note? <laughs> Should we make our own lipstick? You see, I don't sew because I'm not Amish and I have good credit. <laughs> that was a great line. And Kasha also said the only two balls I've ever done are Mr. Davis's. Which I don't think is true. I think she had a horror session. Uh, or a little... Slut uh, phase. Slut phase. There we go. Horror session. <laughs> horror session. What was that? Uh, oh, geez. Um, yeah, and but like she isn't... Obviously, she's kind of struggling in this regard. So, um, Jessica is working with diapers, uh, which at least I would say would probably would be something I would go for because it at least is somewhat fabric. And like, they were also talking, I forgot someone was saying it was like, it's technically like padding in a way. Yeah. You can, you have to maneuver it to where it doesn't look like a diaper and like sort of like, but it's, I, I think it was somewhat of a smart move. Look, if you can make a couch not look like a couch, you can make a diaper not look like a diaper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Lala is also talking about having PTSD, obviously, from the last ball yeah. that she was in. And the the bag, the bag. I was about to say dress. It's not a dress. It's literally like a... Yeah. It, it, now that I think... It was like... Have you ever played um, the Katamari? Um, where It's the, the game where you like... It's this like Japanese, like what, but it's like you basically are rolling up like the cityscapes and like into this giant ball. Uh, oh, yeah. That's what the bag look was to me. <laughs> it was just like I gl- was put like, glue on myself and just and then like, rolled around in these gift bags. Yeah. <laughs> See, I think she needs to make at some point, she needs to do an updated version of that that mm-hmm. is really couture and high fashion and like extremely like sexy and beautiful and all of that just to be like okay look i can i can make a bag look yeah it's i just could not then (laughs) i can today yeah that's called (laughs) 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 um k 
Candy is also kind of struggling a little bit too. And I really, I resonated with Candy a lot when she was showing the drawing of what she was planning on doing. And it's a stick figure instead of like the full, I was like, that is, I can only I draw stick. I, I can't do like full body. Like, no, like, no, it's stick figures and nothing else. I mean, I can do a, I can do a, like a, a little bit better than a stick figure, but not much. No, 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 no. Um, Lala and Heidi try to basically talk a little bit more to sort of solidify that their alliance that we saw in the last episode. Mm-hmm. And people keep interrupting them to like come in and like ask for materials and stuff <laughs> like that. Which I found, we talked about it last week about how it was just like the alliance work is just like very open in the room to where it's <laughs> like there's no like secretive like, you know, communication. Um uh can't uh there's all this talk about Alexis being really horny and like sliding in people's DMs. Um, uh, this is not the first I've heard of that. It's the first I've heard about it on the show. Yeah. Like the, uh, L- Alexis talked about Lala previous episodes and, and she kind of cops to that. And then also like, I guess Jimbo as well, which Jimbo is kind of underrated trade. Fair. Um, their personality really turns me off. So I can't like even think. Oh, you mean in like a sexual content? Like, you yeah. Can, you can, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, like, you can't really like, like Alexis. I'm down. Let's go slide in my DMS. But, um, but Jim, no, I Jimbo's nice to look at, but I could not get past the look. Yeah. The, the the rodeo clown like whatever that she wears in her confessional all the time which basically looks like she's like a like a like you know when you put a kid in like a cowboy outfit and they have like the um mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. yeah I, and also like i would just keep thinking of like the i would just i would be waiting for them to like pull out a like squeaky nose or something during sex. Oh, I, I was gonna like, say I couldn't think. I can't without thinking of the black and white like walking look from her first season and just her going, "Oh wow!" <laughs> like it's like that's not you can't get off to that. It's impossible. You can try, but you know. Um, and then Kasha also basically reveals because they're all just talking about sex at this point that she made out with Darian at one point back in the day. And then they kind of, which I feel like that's been talked about. I yeah. might be wrong. I but, think I've heard of that. Yeah. Um, Rue comes in to do their walkthroughs. Um, t- is talking to Jimbo. Rue's talking about how they want, she, this long thing about how she wants scientists to basically dissect Jimbo's brain when, of like how she comes up with like these like, you know, sort of things. Um, and then Jimbo talk, talking about how, like, you know, I have like diapers, I have like a baby doll, whatever I have hot dogs. And she's like, you know, it's all about finding where's the fashion in the diaper, baby hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) And so she gets to Alexis at one point, Rue was shady because Rue literally at one point with Alexis goes, you know, last week you looked like a million dollars. You didn't really have that style before. Wow. I mean, not fuck my drag, right? Not wrong necessarily, but yeah, you could tell. Well, I will say, I forgot who pointed out that like it's clear that Alexis spent like a lot of money this season. Yeah, like she did not have those looks on her original season. In terms, no, but I still think that she had the same eye before. Yeah, because she had the same eye for fashion and the same like taste. 
but on a very different budget and kind of had to make it work. Right. And some things were more successful than others, but it was pretty much all off the rack stuff, whereas now it's all custom. Right. Um, Jessica talks uh, to Rue about sort of how, you know, dealing with sort of like psyching herself out in certain things and like comparing herself to sort of the newer queens and sort of the expectation being sort of an older queen in the in the franchise and that, you know, she just has to basically psych herself up and say that she's not scared of anything, which, yeah, you know, I, I, I really like Jessica's, I think, one of my favorites this season in terms of mm-hmm. like her attitude and like sort of what how she's conducting herself and all that. Um, Kahana also, the topic of her being, uh, Kahana being in the bottom comes up too. And Kahana also then kind of also talks to Rue about how the girls are not playing a fair game. She feels, and like, you know, I'm talking about like, well, I'll just take it into account and stuff like that going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, play the game. It's, you know, it is what it is. Um, we get to Heidi, um, in the workroom. Heidi basically talks about being, um, sort of less codependent since her season. And that's been one of the things that she's sort of grown past. And then we find this, find out that her grandmother uh, passed away during COVID mm-hmm. and it's really tragic about how like, she, like not getting to see her like before things sort of like went downhill when she had planned to and sort of like, and she gets really emotional and cries and, and, and is really upset about it. It's really sad. Um, Heidi's great. We love Heidi. Yeah. Yeah. You know? um, and also, <laughs> But Rue, I'm sure Rue loved the. Tra- it's just like okay, you can be in the finals now because you gave me tra- <laughs> you gave me uh, trauma. Um, so uh, we go. Let's so let's go to the main stage for the uh, actual uh, uh, ball. The guest judge for this week is Jojo Siwa. Um, I thought she did a really good job as a guest yeah. judge. I think she, you could tell she was very much a fan and like. Oh yeah. I thought her critiques seemed pretty good and, mm-hmm. and professional for the most part. Like. Yeah, I I thought I thought it was I thought she was really good in on top to sort of in the more um, serious discussion that they were having about sort of like a lot of the bands that are happening and sort of like the the stuff that's going on in the country and stuff like that. It was really good. I encourage people to check that out. Um, so we go to the ball. Let's talk about our favorite or sort of uh, some, some standout looks. Um, we had the uh, legendary queens, where it's all dairy based. Um, I really liked Heidi. I think Heidi was was really top notch in terms of the, like the sort of it's something that we've seen before, like the milkman like mm-hmm. sort of like vibe, but like late this like latex body con like right. Like I love the little hand imprint with the milk on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was really fun. Um, Kasha doing sour cream. <laughs> I got it. I, I don't know why they didn't get I it, did. but I got it. I wish there was some tie-in in the dress. Like, I wish there was some, like, I I get, like, copyright, but if you could do some, like, label on the dress that was that would have been, like, the sour cream, whatever the... The daisy. Daisy sour, like, something like that, maybe. Like that would tie it. It looked like she was like a a like a gravy boat. Like like or, it had like oh, the little, that little bubble thing. Yeah, on the I was shoulder. like I was like I feel like she's trying to do something, but I wasn't sure what. Yeah, yeah. It was it wasn't the most. I know um, you liked Jimbo's. I really disliked Jimbo's. Oh, I like so I liked it because it, the little bubble like sort of like sculptural thing. It gave me like stay with me here. It gave me like 
weird 90 euro pop boy band like like okay like in the like <laughs> there's that meme of the of that it's like swedish or some like some like and singer and he's the one that always does a Oh, like, uh, Vitas. Vitas. Like, it was something like He's they Russian, would... Russian, I think. Maybe. It's something they would wear. Like, it's something that was very, like, that vibe to wear. Yeah. I don't know. I It just personally kind of resonated with me in a certain way. I don't even know if that was Jimbo's intention. I didn't like it because it looked like the shape on the shoulders. I wish that the little fin parts on the side had, like, come back down and, like, met back at the base of her neck mm-hmm. because the way that it connected kind of up to the side of her neck looked like, you know, when bodybuilders go too far yeah, and they have that really awfully nasty looking, not meaning to offend any bodybuilders that are listening, but Oh dear God, it looks bad. Please stop doing the trapezius yeah. muscle. It's <laughs> bad. Leave it out. Cut it off. You and don't it, need that muscle. And it it's just fine. looks like they have no neck. And yeah. Just like, it, yeah. It looks like there is a direct line from their ear to their shoulder, to mm-hmm. the outer corner of their shoulder. And it's like, I don't get it. This gave the same silhouette, and it was it was almost gag-worthy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. Like It, it was it was a little tight on top. I, I, I will say that. Uh, you didn't like James's Remind look. me of James's? I don't remember. I have it written <laughs> down that you don't like James's. Oh, what was it about James's that I didn't like? I can't even remember. James, I did. I I I remember. I would have put James in the bottom. I remember not really liking James's fruity look. The, okay. The lemon. It looked messy in a yeah, way. Yeah, I didn't really like it. And much not either. like super composed and like. Well, let's move on to that one. Yeah, let's go to the fruity look. The fruity look. Um, I. Uh, I agree with you on James's. I felt like it looked very, it was a brought look and it was crafty. Mm. It looked like she made it in the run, in the workroom. And I was like, this, there's no excuse for that. You brought this from home. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the best. And it was, ugh, yeah. Who was it that wore the look that was the, um, the Fruit Loops? Oh, well, that was Jessica in the milk look. That was, oh. she, but I was going to say, I really liked that Jessica look because I liked that she did something with a little color. Mm, yeah, I liked that. Like, it, I think the problem with the, the legendary look is that there's such a tendency to go white and white can be very, I like, was very confused as to why no one went with chocolate milk. Yeah, that would have been a good. Or strawberry milk or a milkshake theme or ice cream or there's so many other things things that are dairy i'm glad that that was one of the reasons that i liked um kasha davis's at least it was something it was something that wasn't just milk yeah you know i agree with that um on the fruity looks as well i really like jimbo's jimbo's was great did you see um uh candy had edited or no heidi edited the picture of Jimbo in that to have all of the pictures replaced with Heidi's face. Oh, that's cute. It was either Heidi or Candy, and I can't remember who did it. Yeah. But one of them did it, and it was hilarious. And so for those, like, it was basically, like, everyone's going to go with, like, literal fruit. And so I'm literally just going to do this, like, really big, colorful, like, dress thing with just pictures of gay icons on it. Which I feel like was really a smart take on it. Mm-hmm. Like really fun. Um, I really liked Heidi's. I liked her strawberry with the sort of like yes, the pants I that were the balloon pants. Those were great. It reminded me of those like strawberry candies that you get in like the 
to me, I don't know why, but it reminded me of like the strawberry shortcake character that was like in books or mm. whatever. You well, remember Because the hair was a little like lighter. It was like a little bouffant, like mm-hmm. lighter pink sort of thing. But like a modernized version. Yeah. I thought Heidi could, we'll, we'll get to, I think Heidi could have been in the top. I didn't, I think if anything kept Heidi from the top, I think it was her last look. But I think that, like, to me, like, it was, like, really stunning on her part. And I think also a big upgrade for Heidi in certain respects. Um, I didn't really like um, Lala's fruit look, the candy apple one. It looked a little cheap. It was just, like, a bodycon red latex dress mm-hmm, with, like, the mm-hmm. little thing on. It was, like, okay. Like, I... I, I didn't really like... Um, I thought... Candies was okay. I didn't like like the one titty out thing. Mm. It was like I, either have both or I, I like symmetry. Yeah. I like symmetry and balance. So when you have like, even if you don't have symmetry, you need balance. And I felt like it was unbalanced. Yeah. And I really I will say as much as Kasha didn't do well this episode, I liked her banana one. The, the oh, the banana look was great. Really, really. Speaking of banana looks, uh, Jessica Wilde had a great banana look oh, as well. Right, right, right. Yeah, Jessica, I think did really, really solid overall. Or was it? Oh no, it wasn't Jessica. It was Kahana. Oh, oh yes, was Kahana. Uh, why am I mixed? It's been a week since we watched this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> it took me a second to like. But no, you're right. Kahana's banana look, I think, was one of my favorites of the night. Yeah, like, it was really like, it was really well constructed in oh, terms yeah. of the effect of everything. Absolutely and, beautiful and and a smart concept. Uh, let's go to the supermarket supermodel looks. Well, we both know that um, Kasha's was not yeah, great. Yeah, I didn't love Kasha's. It was, and it wasn't even the like concept of the birthday party. Like, I think I know a lot of people were like, "Oh God, that's not a winning concept because it's gonna be messy." But like to me, if the corset was fit a little better, if the makeup was a little different, if the if she had, I didn't like the hair, the um, the thing she had on top of her head to replace her hair. Like there, it, I also think if she had chosen one color and gone with that for the skirt, because mm-hmm. that would have given some cohesiveness and let your eye pass over all of the texture. Yeah, um, to where the texture was just texture, as opposed to it being high texture and high color um, contrast and mm-hmm. all of that. It's just overwhelming. It's too much. It looks crafty. Yeah, as opposed to if it had been all one color, it would look seamless and would look you know, cohesive, or at least if there had been a story, like if she had gone around in rainbow order or something in the skirt, something, Some there kind were of options, but this was the least good option. Yeah. I liked, uh, I liked candies, the aluminum foil. Uh, I thing. did not. I thought it was a interesting silhouette that at least had like the skirt, the skirt had, some structure and some like silhouette to it that I appreciated. But also I will say, and, and maybe controversial opinion, everyone kept comparing it to the Jiggly Caliente post-apocalyptic <laughs> look. Um, controversial opinion. I really like that look. And I think that look gets shit on way too much because I think it perfectly works for the category. And I think it, it should have been praised, honestly. Oh. Honestly, it should have. The issue was that things were falling off. That was more like that was more the issue. But um, in terms of like throwing everything together when you're in an apocalypse to make a look like that, it actually kind of works in a weird way. Um, The thing that I didn't like about Candy's look was the train thing. The bit flying off the back. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I felt like 
because it's not fabric, because it's too rigid, it doesn't flow really naturally. And it also still had some of the, the fold lines in it. So it looked like you unfolded a piece of metal and it was just kind of Are you crumpled thinking, back there. I think you're thinking Darien's. No, it was that. It was I the, don't think Candy had a train. I think Darien. Well, not, not a train. She had like the, the metal sheet attached kind of in the back. Maybe. And it was like when she would walk, it would fly up, but it wouldn't flow like okay. fabric. It would like just like crumple and yeah. like do weird metallic things. Because Darian's also had like a, she took the metallic whatever, like sort of whatever mm-hmm. to make like this like overcoat sort of thing. And I don't think she needed it. I think I think her look was actually Darian's was decent if the skirt was a little shorter and like it, it, it had a decent enough concept. I actually liked her hair and her makeup in it. Like, I thought it was more skin that I've seen Darian show in yeah. a long time, which I appreciated. Um, I also thought Jimbo did really well with the lettuce look. I oh, thought yeah. I it thought that pro- was really good. It looked professionally done and, like, yeah. you know, um, really well put together. Like, I could see Jimbo's look, like, literally. It, it reminded me of the Jolly Green Giant. Yeah. Like, it looked like a mascot that was professionally done for a photo shoot. You would have it on the side of a can, like... It looked it, like something for that, you know, that famous drag queen head, head of lettuce. Mm-hmm, like it looked like mm-hmm, exactly mm-hmm. something she would wear. Yeah, it was very well done. Yeah. Um, and Lala did good. I liked Lala. I mean, it's a good, it was more sort of like off the rack in a way. Like it was more like. But that's honestly, the fact that it looks that well made and looks like of a quality that you would buy something off of a rack yeah. when she made it in the workroom. Or it at least would be something like in an editorial spread that wasn't like couture. Like, like it's just, that's a huge step up from the bag look. Yeah. Good on her. Um, I don't, well, so the tops and bottoms were Jimbo, Candy, Lala, Darian, Jessica Wilde, and Kasha Davis. I don't know if Lala needed to be in the top. Because no. it seemed like it seemed like they were praising her simply because the ball the bag look was so bad and it was such a giant improvement. Yeah, which I get, but like I would have put Heidi up there, you know, and I'm sure Heidi would have put herself up there as we'll get to Be, because they could have easily done the everyone you know these are all the people that are safe, including Lala sending yeah. her back, but then as she's leaving the stage, go directly and Lala, praise her. Good job. Great improvement. Yeah. They've done that before. I think that it, yeah, I, I think so. Um, this is where I was talking about m- before with the judging where Michelle's bait. How many times Michelle's just like, well, I know it's just a course that glued to things. It's like, okay, does it look good? Who gives a shit? Like, yeah. like, it, like I don't, I get it with certain people, but like with Jimbo's, it's like, that looks like a professionally made costume. Why do you care that it's not a sewn dress? Right. Like it shouldn't matter. It should look, it should be, what does it look like on the runway? Is it able to move? And like, can you like actually walk the runway without it falling apart? Great. That's all I give a fuck about. Yeah. Michelle was annoying me. (laughs) Uh, Lala gets, like we mentioned, gets a lot of positive critiques and gets really emotional about it. Uh, So that was was good to see. Um, (laughs) T.S. Madison said Kasha looked like a bag of broken condoms, which not wrong. Well, <laughs> like the colorful, <laughs> yep. like, yeah, it was, it was really good. Um, we go, obviously they go through the judging and we find out that the, the top queen for this week is Jessica wild, which I thought was deserved. The Queens backstage were like kind of confused was why Jessica won. 
I mean, I I also I would have maybe given it to Jimbo. It seemed mm, like they didn't mm-hmm. want to give it to two in a row to Jimbo, which also is bullshit based off of the lip sync song, which we'll get to later. I think actually now that I think about it, they should have given it to Jimbo both for performance and for continuity sake. Well, sure, but also like, no, like that's the only lip sync Jimbo could have won. Sure, but they also didn't want that pot going to forty thousand. We'll 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 get to it. Uh, and then the bottom two are uh, Darian Lake and Mrs. Kasha Davis. I was sad because I, I really love those two, and, and yeah. it was like, well, fuck, one of them's going home. Um, they do the voting, obviously, like we mentioned before, uh, that they go through pretty quickly. Um, we then go back to the main stage and we find out that the lip sync assassin is Raja O'Hara. Always love Raja. Raja's like one of my underrated favorites in like, oh, yeah. the last couple years. Like she really, I, I'm so glad she got like a win in Canada versus the world to like say that she's won drag race. Like, yeah. It's been well-deserved, I think. Um, and originally a Dallas queen. Yeah, our, our home. Um, well, previous home. <laughs> um, so shout out to that. Uh, so that, that was exciting when she won. Yeah. Um, so and I'm always glad to see her back on our screens. Um, so it's her versus Jessica in the lip sync and they lip sync to coconuts by Kim Petras. And such a great song. It's such a great song. Jessica did great. It immediately revealed to the titty bib and was giving like La Veneno vibes with her mm-hmm. look, which I really appreciated. Um, I also think people being like, well, they just kind of like bounce. She kind of like bounced a lot, but it's like, okay, but like you can't do much. Like the song is literally about giant tits. Like it's it like, the, the, you know, you kind of have to start it with the giant. T- like people were like, oh, the reveal came a little too early, but I was like, yeah. you need to see that. Like that was the other issue is that I was wondering too. I was like, do they tell the lip sync assassin what the song is? Probably because why would Raja go on that stage with like no like like at, she, I mean, well, at they, a point she had to like literally nod like guys I'm flat chested right now like I can't well re- I mean they have to they also have to have time to re- prepare the song yeah I, unless it yeah I don't know what the like I would have put like an insert or something at least like, something yeah it, yeah but that's my point earlier which was just like this is the only lip sync Jimbo could have won. Yeah. When Jimbo's literally like has marketed herself as like, I love big tits. Like it's, yeah. it's her genre. It's her like, like yeah. it allows Jessica didn't do much than what Jimbo would do in a lip sync. Really? At the end of the day. I mean, she was still moving a lot better than, than Jimbo would have. Sure. Jimbo would have just hopped in place. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would have, I wouldn't mind it. Um, but, and also I was noting that like, it was also so funny that like they do this song, J- Jessica has these giant tits and they kept, you could tell that they kept doing bits that they couldn't show on Paramount plus. Yeah. Which I find is bullshit. This is a subscription service. You are not, you are not airing this on television anywhere. Yeah. You don't have to censor things. It's and well, the drag race has always had that issue too with like the 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 fact that they censor female presenting nipples and like, but they don't do that on the titty bibs, do they not? I thought no, they did. Jimbo's has had full nipple out and it has not been an issue. Then what is it just so I can't even remember the rule in terms is it that it's if you're dressed as a woman but you have like if you're 
for the cis queens, like if you have like your male nipple out, but you're still dressed as a woman, they, do they censor that? I think on regular TV they do, but on Paramount Plus, we're just having a lot yeah. of problems with speeching. Um, it's like, but which it's is like, bad, but it's a podcast. Yeah, but <laughs> and, and not to be crass about it, and not, but. I, w- I want to tell like MTV or it's like Maury, that's a man. Like you don't need to censor. Yeah. Like I, I don't know. I, I find it weird to me. Well, I mean, I just like let drag queens be drag queens. Like There's why that. are we censoring drag queens? Stop that shit. If and well, I won't get political. It, it, if anything, I think it aids to some narratives that I think are bullshit. Now that I think about it. But then you put an age restriction on the show. Yeah. You it, say this show, this episode. Is not for children. Yeah, you or may, you put you out may two see episodes, plastic titties, or you put out a separate version of the show that has the the. Honestly, though, why? Are, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This uh, is where we're at. There is nothing wrong with nudity. Yeah, we are all born naked. And guess what? The rest is drag. <laughs> but no, you're you're exactly right. Yeah, it's bullshit. Um, anyway, Jessica Wilde wins the lip sync. Um, congratulations to her. Uh, so and and she wins thirty thousand dollars, which is literally someone pointed out is literally more than the top prize from her original season. Yep. Which it's like she literally got five thousand dollars more than Tyra Sanchez by just bouncing fake titties around the stage. Like yep. it's crazy. It's it's hilarious. Um, um, but then Jessica reveals her lipstick and we find out that Kasha has been eliminated. I actually wasn't sure how this was going to go. I wasn't either. This was cause they, I mean, Darian's been in the bottom once before, but Kasha may probably had the objective worst performance in the challenge and overall throughout the competition. And she kind of gave her goodbye speech on. The, oh yeah, during the judging, and it's like, girl, you can't do that and expect people to keep you. There was all this talking on Tuck too about like it feels like she like gave up or whatever because yeah. she, which you were like, that's not what she said. She kind of said it on Tuck like, what happens happens, but that's not I'm giving up. <laughs> like like she's just saying my life is going to go on from here. Yeah, my self worth does not depend on how I perform on this program like i'm gonna go on from here and continue to be mrs costa davis and continue to kick ass and be a badass and go and do my shit like the only difference is whether i walk away with some cash in my pocket yeah that's it it's it's really that simple um we find out also later that um james heidi and jimbo all voted for darian so pretty close vote in in the in the group vote. So mm-hmm. that'll be interesting to see play out. That was only a one vote difference at yeah. that point. So really, really close. Um, we won't go too much into Untuck too, but I I do want to know because there was that kind of at least storyline purposes of Heidi clearly being really upset that she wasn't mm-hmm. on the top and feeling sort of. I mean, even to the point that she at one point said that she wanted to leave. Yeah, she was like, I've shown, uh, she's like, I have no more to show to Candy. And it was very, like, under the, her breath to, like, where they were having, mm-hmm. like, a side conversation. Um, it doesn't seem like she, like, it seems like she's still there and mm-hmm. still competing. But, like, it was, it was 
kind of crazy. <laughs> like it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, we, speaking of Heidi, did you see that she put out a flashlight this <laughs> Oh, my week? God. With the gap tooth. With the gap tooth. And it's just like, oh, my God. Okay. I, Heidi. Mean, I, <laughs> I know I shit, I shit on her last week about, like, marketing and, like, her using the gap tooth and every, like, so it's work. At least you're creative with it. Bitch work. Yeah. Good on her for that. We love you, Heidi. Um, yeah, but Kasha goes home, but at least she'll be a part of the fame games. Uh, we saw some of Monica and Nasha's looks too um mm-hmm. on the thing. Of course they didn't do the uh uh supermarket queen or whatever that they was. Didn't supermarket do the one they, model. Had to, they didn't do the one they had to make. But the other two, um, they were able to show us. And I thought both of those were really good looks. Yeah. It's it's I I don't know how this is gonna go much in the same way that I don't think there's a clear winner on the cast in terms of the main competition. I don't know I don't know particularly how the fan base is gonna go with this. I plan on voting based on looks, and yeah. I think that that's what we're supposed to do. But also they but naturally specifically call it the fame games because it's about. Fame. It's yeah. not just about looks. It's about how you are interacting with your fans. It's about the reputation that you have. It's about all of these things. So it's not necessarily even about the presentation of what's on, but it might be about people's personal opinions about someone. Oh, wait, this is a, so this is essentially American Idol. It's fan favorite. <laughs> it's yeah. the Valentina Award. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Valentina, you saw that she's one of the new judges on Drag Race Mexico. Mexico, Yes, another franchise. Oh, my God. We will not be reviewing it simply because it is in another language. and We will be be kindly looking from afar. Yes, kindly looking from afar. Fabulous. Uh, Fabulous looks. But I just, I don't feel like I have the right frame of reference to appropriately judge a such a different culture than my own on drag. So it's like, you are fabulous. I will celebrate you. I'm not going to pass judgment on you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the way to go. Um, Yeah. But overall, good episode of all stars. Um, I think good season so far. Yeah. I've really been enjoying it. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we are going to get start to get into everything that happened at the finale for survivor 44. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. 
Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and His Ambi. Let's head on over to Fiji for the last time for this season. Yeah, it's our last time on this island until fall. <laughs> but no, I guess we'll start off by saying, I thought this was a really good finale. I thought this was a really yeah. good season overall. I thought it was a great top five. Yeah, it, well, that's the thing. It helped that I really loved the top five, and I think... I there was, was nobody I was going to be mad at winning. No, 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 no. And, I, and it was... It was a good mindset going into this that allowed things to sort of, cause I, you know, if it was only Carolyn that was left, like we, yeah, we, it would have been, it would have been an emotional roller coaster. I feel for sure. Um, they arrive at the new beach that they have to, cause obviously they're starting back yep. over from scratch. Uh, I love Car- They get to the beach and it's nighttime and Carolyn just starts like screaming, just like, ah, like, ah, like every new thing that she sees, she's like screaming excited about, um, <laughs> Carolyn talks about how she was both kind of surprised, but wasn't that Heidi played her idol um, at the last tribal and was like, why would she trust us essentially? Like, so it makes sense. Um, But now that the idol got played, Carolyn's immediately thinking about, okay, well we got to start searching for the idol and wants to search like immediately, even though it's like nighttime and Carson is trying to convince Carson and Yam Yam and Carson's just like, you know, I want to do in the morning. Like I can't really see right now. And she's just like, I'll guide you. Like, well, let's say, like, she's so, like, gung-ho about doing it right now. Um, and there's that fun moment where Yam Yam pretends to find it, and it's just a piece of wood. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great, because both uh, Carolyn and Carson were both freaking out, because they believed him. Yeah, and, and it was, with, I, it gets touched on, like, through, I really love the kind of sort of brother-sister dynamic with the Tika 3, and, yeah. like, that kind of jokey vibe to where it's, like, you know, and they know the faults of each other and they kind of are willing to cut each other at certain points, but like And they touch they touch on that um in the the wrap up at the end after the winner is crowned for a better word. Yeah. Um, you know, they talk about, you know, the theoretical future sitcom starring the three of them and how what it would be like and I I thought it was just really cute and idyllic and I, I love the three of them together. Yeah. Um, Heidi was basically, Heidi starts saying that she, basically the idol burns a hole in your pocket when you mm-hmm. have it. And it was like, I have no regrets of playing it, even though it didn't like save me necessarily. Um, I really like Heidi's attitude for the most part throughout yeah. this game. Like I think, and especially at the end, like I think like I, I appreciate her perspective on things and kind of is not bogged down by not like nailing everything perfectly all the time which I kind of appreciate. Um, everyone basically goes searching the next morning uh, across the beach to f- uh, f- hopefully find the idol. And as they're doing it, basically, like, they cut to each person. And we kind of get, like, their, like, 
synopsis of like why they should win the game with like the like crossfade like extra mm-hmm. high definition camera of shots of them like it was kind of a way in which to sort of like give them they're like here's why i you know here's your pitch sort of thing yeah um at least to the audience and we find the idol is like tied into like a tree branch that's like um they like kept the missing beach. it too I tell you, like it was like, and they were they were searching a couple things. They searched in that tree, yeah, but didn't. I don't well, know. I mean, to be fair though, it was wrapped in a in like a like you know the the parchment that they're usually wrapped in. Yeah. It's the same color as the branch. It could blend in, I guess. I mean, I think was it wrapped in like a red string? Yeah, though? it's like that should have stood out. But like, I also get it on like day twenty four or whatever this is, where you're like. My eyes are literally dehydrating out of my head right now. Basically. Um, Carson basically calls the Tika three, the three stooges and is like, can't believe that they made it this far, Mm -hmm. which I I, like, again, like I think they are a good underdog duo, even in the sense that they were both all all three of them. Trio. Trio. Um, Really strong game players. Like it's, it's weird in that sense that they're both kind of the underdog and not, um, Lauren is basically Lauren's basically thinking about trying to break up Tika, right? Because I feel like she thinks she's on the bottom in, in the sense, and is talking to um, Carolyn and Yam Yam at different points to try to break, to try to point into them heads how big of a threat Carson is, mm-hmm. and getting Carson out. Um, Carolyn does believe that Carson's the biggest the biggest threat in the game, but that she's loyal to him and vice versa. So she she's conflicted over whether it's the right idea to sort of get him out at this point. Um, and Carson basically says that um, Carolyn and Yam Yam flipping is what he has to most worry about right now. So yeah. it's like he Carson's very. I, we were down on Carson a lot this season about like, does he know? Is he bullshitting us in terms of like his like skill level in terms of like strategy? I'm apparently not in the sense that he was viewed as a threat by most everyone, and I I get I get that now, and I do at least appreciate that Carson knows he was a big threat mm-hmm. and like. Is is not dumb in that sense. Um, so then we go to the immunity challenge, the final five immunity challenge. Um, and it's basically so they have like a three level like tower that's an obstacle course essentially where they have to get keys uh and then get a final key by like knocking a ring off of this like pole at the top. Then um they use the keys to like um get this um to throw this like um what is it like not like a buoy but like a it's like a ball on a string like a ball on a string to like pull down this ladder and then once they get to the top of um of the ladder they have to do this giant puzzle (laughs) real simple (laughs) I mean it's honestly it was simple for the final five like the final five is usually like. I miss the days when they had like the giant, um, like arena oh, ones that yeah, they yeah, used yeah. to do. Where it's like you have to hit these five, like, like everybody has to do these five tasks and you can do them in whatever order you want to, but you have to do all five. And then there's like one final thing that everyone does together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I miss those. Those were always fun. Um, They've had those. They also had like the big giant maze thing that they used to do mm-hmm. was fun. Um, I, I don't know. This one just felt like a normal survivor challenge. Yeah. And I was like, this is kind of womp womp. Like, what are we doing? It puts a, it, it, yeah, it didn't feel like it took a lot of work from the yeah. production standpoint. Um, they also get reward if they win and they get to go to the sanctuary where they'll have spaghetti and cake. Um, 
they go about the challenge. Uh, everyone's pretty even until they get to the top, the key on the pole. Carolyn cannot get it for the life of her. No. And the pole <laughs> keeps going through the ring, and she can't, like, push past it. As it's... much as I want Carolyn to succeed in challenges and, like, do well, it is funny watching her just be like, damn it! Like, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> the exasperatedness. She event- I like, need a compilation of just her failing at challenges. Just, yeah. It's... It's not so much that you're making fun of her. It's just, I think it's like a, I get it, girl. I've been there. <laughs> I, yep. Nothing I understand and... this frustration right here. I love it. Well, so everyone gets pretty far ahead in the puzzle, right? But Carolyn eventually does make it to the top to work on the puzzle. And then she gets one piece in as like Carson is like just about done. She's like, I got one piece in. I'm happy with that. <laughs> like, yeah. she, she, I mean, she's like, I'm, I'm going to count that as a win. It's fine. <laughs> Um, but Carson ends up winning. Uh, Not surprised. Yeah, gets uh, probably study that puzzle probably to death, uh, and he gets to pick one person to go on him, go on the reward with him, and he chooses Yam Yam. Um, they then arrive at the sanctuary and then get to eating a little bit, but then start discussing things. Um, Yam Yam wants Carolyn out. Yam Yam thinks Carolyn's the biggest threat. Um, and Carson, Carson is kind of I don't know if this was to just work Yam Yam a bit, but is. He's kind of wondering if that's really true that Carolyn's the biggest threat, that whether or not, like, which was my question, too, of, like, I think she has the resume, but can she pitch it at the end? Yeah. Which I, I was pleasantly surprised by, too, when we got to the end uh, of everything. Um, Carson basically thinks Lauren is the bigger target and that the Tika 3 would be good together uh, at the end and would really want them at the end. I didn't understand, like, Carson thinking, I would love to pick Carson's brain of, like, why did you think Lauren was the biggest target? I mean, it could simply be a situation where, I mean, Lauren was involved in most of the, the big things, even though she wasn't the driving force behind them. Yeah. Like, she had a resume and a story to tell. It just wasn't as big as some of the others. And, and I think the other thing, and people... And she's shrewd and determined. Well, yeah, and people have talked about this with Survivor 2, which is, because he also is like... Well, she's made, I feel like she's made really great connections and she probably has a lot of friends on the jury. I don't feel like I've seen that. I would think of the jury at that point, the only person who I would think would be a dead set for Lauren would have been Jamie. Right. And like, I, I don't know. I didn't see that vision in my head. Um, but basically, Yamiam sees that Carson isn't budging in terms of wanting to get Lauren out. So he's kind of like re- re- being like, okay. I got to go with him because I can't, you know, push the Carolyn thing too hard. Um, back on the beach, Heidi, Carolyn and Lauren are talking and Heidi, uh, you know, tells, I feel like Heidi and Lauren did a good job of kind of working Carolyn a little bit here. Like she was very much like, I thought Carson would have taken you for the reward. Like, yeah. like sort of like putting some doubts and sprinkling them in her head in, in terms of certain things. Um, Lauren talks about how she's basically positive that she's the target and, and all this. And then Lauren is then talking about how she was like, I mean, I was out on the last vote. And then Carolyn asked who asked uh, Lauren who Yam Yam told her to vote for. And she said, she, she, he told me to vote for you. And we see the clip from last week where he does that. And so now Carolyn is like, okay, this might not be tenable. I might need to take out Yam Yam. Um, and is basically thinking about voting with the girls. And I was like, ooh, this is getting interesting. Um, Spoiler alert, they should have. Well, yeah, yeah. 
that's a good point. The the I was so interested though in Carolyn's strategy because Yam Yam and Carson arrived back at camp, right? And the look on Carolyn's face, <laughs> it was like I can't even describe it. It was like murderous. It was like there was a. She kind of we we'll talk about it in that Bravo. She kind of looked like Ariana at the reunion. Yeah, there like was, was a little re- bit of like demented glee to it. Yeah, and it was so funny because she was so like pointedly shady to him. Well, and Yam Yam can sense it immediately. <laughs> he literally is like, "Are you mad at me? Like, what's going? Like, what's going on?" It's not hard to read, Carolyn. Yeah, she she reads like one of those kindergartner like five letter max words books mm-hmm. yeah and he tried and she's basically like no just burp in my mouth again like last time from the reward Ugh, um, i don't i'm not <laughs> a fan of this tradition let's not have this happen ever again yeah yam yam is immediately sensing the awkwardness with all the women right now in the group and carson him and uh, carolyn are talking at one point and carson's like you know i have no reason to lie you know with immunity and stuff like that i'm voting for lauren and carolyn makes a comment of like you because know, he's like you. Know, I think she has a, got a good amount of people on the jury, and and Carolyn's like, we need some Tika on the jury. Like yeah. like blatant, and just then like, like and doesn't even just say it, says it, and then turns and bores holes into the side of his head. It's like whoa, <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> um, and then Carson and Yam Yam go to on their own and are basically talk about how weird camp is and that something seems up. And Carson's like, if Carolyn and Heidi are dumb enough to actually take Lauren to the end, um, you know, and so now they're starting to worry. And Carson's out thinking about uh, talking to Lauren about taking out Carolyn now. She's like, maybe we need to take out Carolyn. Um, so Yam Yam is going to try to work Lauren a little bit. And Yam Yam is like, asked Lauren if they were talking about him. And Lauren's like, yeah, <laughs> basically, like, not, we're not going to sugarcoat it. Um, but Lauren basically tells Yamian that she'd be open to go either way, sort of. It's not anything definitive that's, like, put in stone, but she's like, I'm flexible in this regard. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren then goes to look for an idol because she's basically unsure if Carolyn and Yam Yam are aligned. Like, she's like, I don't know if they're basically playing me but on both sides of this. Um, like I said, goes looking for an idol, and we... and. The idol is like she's right by the tree, like like yeah. like right by the tree. She even like looks up to the tree, and, and then I, the camera cuts. Well, and it's like the camera then cuts. We don't see if she finds it, but then the next scene we see of Lauren is like she's putting something in her bag, and so it's like, I thought it was good creative editing by yeah. the editors, and like well, especially because she pulls that trick at tribal. Yeah, I wonder if they knew after like like when she did what she did at tribal we're like okay yeah. let's edit around they it. went back and found footage to make it yeah 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 man tell Car- tells carson he doesn't know if lauren bought it and carson's worried that she has an idol so this could you know be an issue and then so carson starts thinking of other ideas and she's he's thinking maybe heidi you know and but basically settles that he wants to keep tika intact you know, he's worried that Carolyn's a little unstable, but, you know, is trying to sort of, uh, trying to sort of resound with the fact that Tika can stay together. But, um, I mean, at the end of the day, unstable doesn't matter past this point, right? Because there's no more votes. This is the last vote that they have to rely on her for. Yeah. I so, guess the only hope in, the, in, like, hoping that they won't take the other person to fire 
Or to the end that but may, fire. Maybe, but did they really expect her to win the Final Four challenge? Well, that's a good point. Because it's the same challenge every year. So, I mean, like... Yeah. Um, we go to the Tribal Council. Um, Lauren basically is open. And this was an interesting. Lauren's basically like open from the get that she's probably going home tonight. And Lauren then makes a comment about how no one's really talked to her. And Carolyn and Heidi both speak up and are like, that's not true. Like we, which to me, if I'm Yam Yam and Carson, I was like, is Lauren trying to repull like reverse psychology to get them to it? Like, well, it, it was weird because you know that you had full on conversations before Carson and Yam Yam came back. So if you were going to pull this at tribal, wouldn't you have talked it through with Heidi and Carolyn first and been like, hey, I'm going to push this narrative at Tribal. Well, I was saying that what she was doing was trying to, if she was trying to get either Carolyn or Heidi out. Oh. And, and trying to like, re, like lie so that then they would start talking about the plan and then it would signal oh. to Yamium and Carson to go a certain way. Well, yeah, that makes sense because the only person that would have bid on that would have been Carolyn. Yeah, that's the only thing I could have thought of. Like, I didn't understand why Lauren would just active, actively I would have lie. at least told Heidi then. Maybe. Yeah, it, I, I was, I would because have. Because then that would have made Carolyn even more crazy. Yeah. That would have made her go, what are you talking about? Because to me, about? like, Lauren, talk- Lauren knows Carolyn plays on her emotions. So if she lies like that, like, Carolyn's not going to be quiet. Like, yeah. She, you know. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted, I would love for someone to ask Lauren what the strategy was with that. Yeah. Um, you know, and Yam Yam basically is like, it's either me or her at this point, and that the energy at camp. You know, he's like the energy at camp shouldn't be where it was, yeah. and he, he basically was like really hurt by it because he didn't. He felt like it was a personal attack, essentially. This is the problem with them doing reunions immediately after five, final final yeah. tribal because nobody has a chance to watch the season. Nobody has a chance to actually Decompress have questions and- that are based on things that they saw on camera that they didn't get to experience in person. So I think we would have gotten a question or an answer to that question from Lauren. We would have had someone actually ask that question of Lauren had they had a chance to see the season before yeah. having the reunion. Yeah. I, I, yeah, we'll get to it. I feel like the, re- yeah, I, they, they need to go back to doing the live reunions and the live boat reads. I think in my opinion, even if they do it in like, a bubble and don't have a live audience. Like I'm fine with that. But it's like, I just want the we're post. I, I know we're not post COVID, but like we're post COVID enough to where, yeah. where people have live shows. Like let's yeah. be real. Drag Race had a live finale. We can do it for we can do it for Survivor. Yeah, uh, Lauren gets a really emotional moment where she sort of cries about her journey on the show and that her boys would be really proud of her and sort of everything that she's overcome in, in this regard. And this was really sweet, but I feel like a couple of times we get these moments now with Survivor where it's like, oh, you're going home. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is your swan song. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um, and then so uh, they then go to vote. You mentioned Lauren kind of does like an idle fake out where she like acts like she has it and then it's like, I don't have anything. Um, it got me. Yeah. I, was I like, fully marked out on that Well, because that would have been so much if she like had this full crying monologue and then, knowing that she was safe. <laughs> it would have been so fucking good. It would have been really, I, yeah. But no, she gets voted out three, one, one 
uh, Carson, Carolyn, and Heidi uh, all voted for Lauren. Yamian voted for Heidi, and then um, uh, the one vote for Yamian was Lauren, obviously. I guess the point of Yamian voting for Heidi was the split. Yeah, just worrying in case. That, worrying that Lauren might have an idol. Yeah, because they had talked about that at the camp. But they don't really show how Heidi got on that page. Yeah. So I th- I feel like that's interesting. Well, she might not have been because she was the split. Yeah. She yeah. was the backup plan. So I don't know if I would have told the backup plan that you're the backup plan in case she has an idol. Right. Exactly. Um, we then go the next day to the immunity challenge. Um, Carolyn, they step up for it and Carolyn is immediately crying. And I thought this was really sweet of just like, like getting to that point and like the, the getting yeah. to see the, the escape and sort of everything that was like, you know, it's such an iconic to. thing. Like it's one of those checklist things. Yeah. Like do this challenge. And, um, yeah, I, I, I probably would have been overwhelmed. Hell, I'd be overwhelmed getting on that island, and then I'd immediately go, nope, nope, yeah. this was a dumb idea. There are speeders on this island. <laughs> there is heat on this island. I'm not going to be able to eat. I'm a fat motherfucker. I need food. Yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. You mean I can't take my medical marijuana on this island? <laughs> Fuck you. I'm going home. Medivac me now. Yeah. Um, but we get now. we get to the immunity challenge and it's Simotion, the classic survivor game where you drop a ball in this contraption, it spirals around, comes out of one of two. It, it looks like a parking building, a parking, you know. Oh, like a garage. Yeah, parking yeah. garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was like parking. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. Um, and I don't, the, bitch, I don't say things if I'm not <laughs> right. I am correct. Well, no, I'm kidding. Look. <laughs> Um, but basically at certain intervals, you have to add another ball and keep track of everything. It's a fun challenge. Um, Carolyn drops first with, uh, only two balls in most. I was like, this isn't Carolyn's challenge. No. Like I was like, Oh God. No, ma'am. Um, Yammy then drops out second, uh, leaving it down to Carson and Heidi. Uh, they get to four balls each and, and Heidi wins, wins her first immunity. Like it was like, Again, like we said, we were going to be really satisfied with anyone. And I was excited for Heidi. Uh, we've talked about Pittsburgh native, like ex- excited for her. But then it was like this thing of like, oh, God, we don't get our Tika three yeah. in the finals. It's like, damn it. That would have been so cool. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, well, but then I got hope. But then I got hope. And then I got angry. Hope and anger in this combination. Because Jeff gives her the necklace. She's excited or whatever. She's like, with this, you're guaranteed a spot in the final three. And then you get to decide who gets to do the fire making challenge tonight. And then Heidi goes, unless I make fire. And I'm like, Heidi, no, <laughs> stop it. Bad Heidi. Stop. I am. I, I'm sick of this. I am sick of this idea that they have put in their head that they can get that giving up immunity and doing fire. Your, it's like, no, you want a challenge. You want immunity. Congratulations. Your final three. Like you don't need to prove anything by giving up your immunity. Guess what? You won immunity by winning a challenge. You don't then need to give up that immunity and win a different challenge. You weren't just gifted the immunity. Like this isn't you something you stumbled it. upon. I was glad it, at the um tribal that jeff asked you know are you going to give up your immunity and fight in fire or 
are you going to take the immunity that you earned? Yeah. Like, I was glad that he framed it that way instead, because I think in the past it has been very framed as this is the safe option, and I guess you can do that. Yeah. Or you can make fire, which is the better option, and you should do it. And I I was always really frustrated with that framing. I was glad with the framing of it this year. We'll talk what, about it when we get What season there. was it? Like, there was a recent season where, like, they literally punished the person for not giving up their immunity. Well, to I mean, do it would fire. have had to be a recent season. They've only done fire for the last five years. Yeah, but like, it's it was stupid. It was, yeah. I hate the fire making challenge. As as much as satisfying as this one, this one was, and it was a decent fire making challenge. I hate the final four fire making challenge. I it's despise dumb. it. It to me, like to me, and I and like. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> it's it's so it's so frustrating. Um, they go back to camp and they have the fire kits also, and they gave them four fire kits, which pissed me off too because I'm like, oh, you know, you know that like like you yeah. set it up to where like Heidi can do this. Um, they all start testing fire independently, basically. Um, you know, Carson basically figures out he's probably making fire, but that he isn't good. He knows he isn't good at it, which is odd to me that he would have come not prepared and he said he was doing it at home and it was one thing but also when you're on the island it's a little different and doing it like you're number one you're not using the same materials number two you're under pressure and you've also been in the pressure cooker of survivor yeah. so i mean i get it and it's one thing again it's one thing to test a puzzle or like a like right. carson's been doing but there's a, there's a certain dexterity to yeah. fire making that's a little harder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Yam Yam, Yam Yam was talking about wanting, you know, they're kind of all going over the reasons of what seems like everyone wants to do fire, which it's like, okay. Like, like, it's like, it's like, oh, you're a pussy. If you get taken to the end, it's like, who cares, bitch? I'm in the finals. Yeah. I convinced someone to take me to the finals. I mean, I kind of wish that maybe it was like Big Brother in that the second place gets something too. Yeah. I mean, that way that there's a there's a benefit to getting taken to the to the final 3 even if you know you're not going to win. Yeah. Like if you know you can get one vote, then I just think it's so dev- like it it strips all the personal connection aspect of the game in a yeah. way, and it just becomes so analytical. Like, there's no strategy in turn. Like to me, it's like, okay, who's the strong? Who has? Who's the top person in the game? Okay, we want to take them out. Then who is the best at fire? It's like there's no like conflict into who the person will choose. Yeah. Like to me, like it's it. It would be one thing if like I'm aligned with this person. But who, like, who am I closer with that I want to support and take to the end? Or who do I have a better chance of beating? But it's not that. It's who do I want to take out? Who can beat them in fire? And there's no real, like, interesting dynamic with that. I would be okay with the fire-making challenge if no one was taken. The person who wins immunity is in the final three. And everyone has to make fire. all the other three has to make fire. And the person who can't, the other two make it. The person who doesn't get fire is eliminated. May, that might be a little better. Cause at that point, then you're going the name of the game survival. Yeah. Survive. Yeah. Like give me a, all three of these people have to then do a survival based task and whoever does it best gets through. 
I also think they should go back to final twos. I, I'm of the opinion they should go back to final twos to where whoever wins immunity chooses who they go with. I also think they should do ranked voting. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is a true democracy. <laughs> well, I mean, not so, not for things like determining who wins, but like determining second place. Yeah, because um, we'll we'll remind me, and we will talk about it when we get, get to, to the, the after final. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Carolyn and Yami are both making fires, and they're. Ba- I love Carolyn just being like, "I won," <laughs> and Yami's like. Well, mine's a little bigger. <laughs> she's like, she's well, like, well, I'm on a slant. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm on an angle too. They fight like brother and sister. <laughs> they so really good. do. You know, it, Carolyn also thinks like it would be great to suck at every challenge and win this, that it would be good for her resume in that regard. Um, and then we get really sad because Carson's struggling with the fire. And then Yam Yam goes to basically teach him yeah. to like how to make fire. I mean, because Carson's having like a full on panic attack. Yeah. And and Yam Yam is do I think Yam Yam is doing for the personal reason too. Not saying yeah. that, but he also is like, I mean, the more people who know fire, the harder Heidi's decision might be. Yeah. So you know, it also benefits me in that regard. And like you said, he like breaks down, and it's like really sad. Um, you know, and Yam Yam's like, I, it really doesn't matter to me if this is a good move or a bad move. Like, I'm not gonna you know watch someone struggle like that. Um. Heidi's weighing her options of what to go with. And we see right before they leave, Carson's able to light one. Mm-hmm. So it's like, at least there's something that that's possible. Um, we go to tribal council. Um, Heidi is still weighing her options in the moment. She says like, she's like, I still have not at this point. I've still not determined uh, what I'm doing. Um, and then Carson's basically like, they're, they're all going through like why they, you know, what their pitch was essentially. And Carson's like, you know, I'm admittedly unsure on making fire, but if I were Heidi, I would do it myself. Basically trying to like, at the very least put Heidi in there to like, at least have some, you know, um, hope. Hi, we then find out that Heidi takes Carolyn and Carolyn gets really emotional making it to the end and, and the satisfaction of that. Um, and then that Heidi will be making fire herself with Carson so that yeah, yeah, also moves on. I love how they were like, okay, well, I mean, the, the order in which they did this was basically, okay, who do you consider the goat? Okay, who do you want out? Great. <laughs> who, who will get him out? <laughs> who will get him out? You or Yam Yam? Yeah. Great. Yeah, and so Heidi basically is like, I'm choosing to make fire. Okay. Like, I, uh, at this point, I almost wanted her to lose. And I love you, Heidi. Yeah, I almost wanted you her to lose because the person whoever the other unfortunate thing is that the, they've given it a, such a place to where it requires you to give it up to prove something to the jury as if that's what should be weighed into their decision. But also the person who gives up, who has given up their immunity in the past of the fire has never lost. Yeah. Well, and, and it, to me, like I needed one of them to lose so they would realize how stupid this is. Like, Every time that they talk about giving up their immunity and making fire, I just, I don't think of the people who have won fire making. I think of what is that idiot who gave Pravardi uh, his immunity necklace and then went home. Yeah, literally. Like, that's, that's what I think of when I think of giving up your immunity. I don't think of any of these fire making challenges where people have given up immunity, made fire, and won. I don't think of that. I think of the one idiot who did that and went home. 
and how I don't want to be the next idiot. Yeah. That's what I think of. Yeah. It's uh, so fucking frustrating. Um, but they go to the fire making challenge. Um, it's pretty neck and neck. Carson keeps up a good pace. I would say like, it's pretty even Heidi has more height on her. Those uh, height on hers though. I was a little bit worried because she had made hers a little bit farther forward. Mm. Like she wasn't directly under the string. So I was wondering how fast that I was wondering if it would come down to a photo finish because even though he was a little bit smaller of a fire um, than her, he was directly under the string. So it wouldn't have taken as much height to burn through the string as hers would. Yeah. So I was wondering if that would make a difference through it. Uh, ended up not making a difference at all. No, Heidi Heidi ends up winning. And do we find out that she has the record now for the fastest fire-making challenge wins at three minutes and two seconds? And he was right on her heels. Yeah. So he went from not knowing really how to make fire, or at least not being able to earlier that day, to keeping up with her and honestly i kind of think he was faking it yeah because at least to throw them off or something no because the story then would be if he won that he overcame this big that he overcame this big obstacle yam yam would then be able to like um corroborate that story right and then he came overcame this big obstacle he Potentially sent home the challenge winner. Mm -hmm. And it's like this whole big thing. It would have been huge for his resume if he ended up winning and he would have won the damn game. Yeah. I guarantee you if he had won fire, he would have won. I would have liked to see Carson in the end. Yeah. I it was like as much as I was still like team Carolyn rooting for Carolyn, like I would I think Carson I he convinced me. <laughs> I, I I look at it, I listen to old episodes and I'm like, holy shit, I was dead on Carson. But like he played a good game. I thought he was a really good character overall. I thought he, you know, had some really good, like compelling moments on the show and, mm-hmm. and was smart. I think he would be great to be brought back for like a all stars. Oh, completely. And Carolyn should be back as well. I want to see her compete again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the it it was a good I, I just really want that I wanted that Tika three. Yeah, but, you know. So I mean, our final three now is Jam Jam, Carolyn, and Heidi. Um, and uh, before we head into final three, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, and we will be right back with the final thoughts of Survivor Forty Four. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling name. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. 
Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild... Like, accountability is love, and toxicity is not on the menu. To a little more spicy. Like, one of my favorites, Fuck Your Laws, Fuck Your System, Transformative Justice Now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items, from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to Again is MB. Let's talk Survivor 44 Final 3. Yes, we are in the final stretch. Uh, they're back on the beach in the morning and they're decompressing. Um, you know, Yam Yam, Yam and Carolyn both kind of discuss a little in like kind of psyching themselves up for the final pitch and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Being like, I just don't want to sound stupid. Yeah. Like, which it's like, I get it. Like you built this big moment to like eventually like get to, to where you are and then like you know, it's well, and especially because Jam Jam and Heidi, English is not their native language. That's a good point. And Carolyn also has issues <laughs> with communicating with people. So, I mean, all three of them were behind like a language barrier it of really, some sort. It really is an unexpected final three. Yeah. In, in, in many respects. Like, it doesn't make sense on paper, but I think watching the season, it really kind of did end up making sense. Yeah. Um, I did not see Heidi getting here, um, but I think in the last, um, throughout this episode and in the two before it, she really made herself obvious that mm -hmm. she should be here. Um, and I think um, Jam Jam and Carson, I think... Carolyn. Carolyn, not Carson... Um, Jam Jam and Carolyn, we pegged from day one like they should be here. Yeah, the, no, they're like it's. I'm really satisfied at the end of the day. Um, they get their final breakfast uh, that they get for being the winners, uh, and then we sort of see. I like that we're. I do like one of the new additions of the new era is like getting the sort of confessionals from the jury members of like going over what they think of each person's game. Can like, I tell you how this irritated me? Please do. <laughs> So everybody, Forget what I just said. <laughs> every, though I was fine with all of it, right? I was glad to hear from different people. Like, it seemed like it was pretty even split. Like, people have already said. But, I mean, I know that that's how production does things. Yeah. But I was irritated by one specific castaway. Oh, who do you think that is? <laughs> if I had to guess. That, that would be Danny, who decided to show up with his shirt open and like flouncing his skin all over the place. And it's like, I get it. Like we've just like it's survivor. Like the guys are usually shirtless all the time. And usually I'm fine with it, but dude, you're kind of being a dick about it. But then he went the complete opposite direction at tribal. 
by wearing that like babushka. Like it was like <laughs> I was like, what the fuck are you wearing, dude? Like, it's, like what are you wearing? Also, don't tell me it's like it's fucking Fiji. Like that's like no. Well, it, okay. To be fair, it was. When was this filmed? Oh, probably like fall of last year. I want to say. Okay, so fall of last year. I mean, it's still hot, but like they're in the southern hemisphere, so the it's their spring. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it is heating up, but just that morning on the on the beach, Jam Jam, Carolyn, and Heidi were like literally huddled under a blanket together because yeah. it was cold. Like Jam Jam's been wearing a sweater recently, so I mean, like it's it's chilly. Yeah, it's getting a little bit chilly out there. I also wanted to note, though, I think one thing with this new era too, and maybe it's just the cast of players that they have. It's like, especially when there's all this, there's still talk about like, oh, who does this person have on the jury, et cetera, like that. What Carson did with Lauren, right, earlier in the episode, Mm -hmm. like, but it always feels like everyone is open. Everyone is pretty much open going in. There's, they're never like. It used to be like back in the day, particularly when people played a lot personal, more personal back in the mm-hmm. day, you would know going in, this person has this, at, at the very least has this one person. Yeah. Maybe other people were in the middle, but like there'd be one or two people on the jury where you would know where their vote was going. Yeah. And here we don't have that anymore. And I, and I, yeah. it's, I think too many people were complaining, not realizing how good we had it. Yeah. Because. That was irritating because it felt like there was an inevitability to it and that the final council didn't really matter as much. Um, but this is awful. I don't like this. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I don't okay. not like it, but... I liked it in this season because the cast is so friendly with each other. Yeah. And in, in this to which season, Jeff literally was like, oh my God, you guys are so friendly. It made sense. Like, no, there were no bitter jurors. Well, I mean, there was one that voted egotistically but in, other your, than in that, your opinion in my opinion and it was yeah um but you know I, I felt like people literally were going in because they wanted the best person to win which i think on paper makes a lot of sense but it doesn't make for a super exciting i just like, like i i want this to be like as biting as like a drag race reunion. And to it me, used like, to be, it used to be hella shady. Well, I also just like it in terms of, even if it's not like shady cutting, whatever question, if it's not them dragging the person to their face or whatever, cause they're mad at them. Like, I just like, the, like to me, like we should be seeing the, like the point of seeing the dynamics across the season of the people should be to inform us of who they would either at the very least lean to, let alone actively vote for if they're on the jury. Like to me, I thought Franny was a lock on Carolyn. Yeah. Well, and part of the issue also is that they've gotten rid of Ponderosa. Yeah. Like we don't get any, like for anyone who is not familiar with older Survivor, well, not even that old. Not that old. But like they used to have like, a little like what twenty minute episode that would go on YouTube where the person eliminated would go to the main village that they stay them at. And they would like, finally get to see themselves in a mirror for the first time after losing all the weight on the island. And they, they used would, to do a weigh in, which I thought was an issue. Sure, but but they would compare notes. But they would compare notes. Like you would get to see people like 
like people that were kind of bitter after getting eliminated, like confront the people that yeah. were coming in that eliminated them. And I thought that was really good and really intriguing. I really would have loved to see the reunion between Franny and Maddie. Like I thought, I thought that would have been a heartwarming little thing that yeah. would have been really kind of cool. I want to know. Did we get Pound English? It's the, I want to know if they done fucked into Ponderosa. There you go. But uh, I did a little bit too much anyway. Um, but yeah, I like I want to know those things. I want to know like the stuff that's happening there. And yeah. one of the things that I really also liked was getting to see them order their first meal on Ponderosa. Yeah, like, see, what see what choose. is their what is their what is their like? Oh my god! After not eating for twenty days, what is the first thing i want to eat yeah like what what is the first thing i order am i ordering a steak is this some somebody that orders a burger do they get pizza what are they getting do when they're excited to get like air conditioning and right like, yeah like that like that's good i like seeing that stuff i getting think, their clothes back yeah i think when you're talking about like the, also the like sort of more bitter personal like anger aspects of like casting and stuff like that i think my thing is i think survivors made their choice yeah. I think they've they've cho- they've chosen what they want to do about like this is a learning ex- and this is all about self growth and all this stuff and I feel like if you want the vibe with the drama aspect you have to watch like the challenge or whatever I guess and it's but l- like for me I I get really frustrated when they tell us what we want what it's going to be as opposed to the cast getting to decide what kind of season it is that part like. You cast your cast and then let them do the thing. Like, you don't need to create storylines. You don't need to create the drama. They will do that if you cast properly. Yeah. Just let them tell the story that is natural to that cast. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's also the choices in casting, like who who you're go- going for. I mean, I mean, I would le- I mean, it led to Yam Yam and Carolyn and all that. But like, you know. But I mean, that is... That is true across all forms of competition reality television. Um, well, and honestly, even like the slice of life reality television, it's the same on Housewives. It's the same on Vanderpump. They don't create those storylines. Those storylines happen because these are people with emotions and motives and their own agendas. And like when we do that on Survivor, we get really great television. Like we get like crazy random shit happening and it's just it's magical television like if especially with things right now like the writer strike going on we need like when was the last time that reality tv blew up during the writer strike so if they want to lean in to making reality television what it used to be and what it still can be they need to let the cast produce themselves. Let them just be there Honest, and do what they do. Honestly, if anything, uh, even these shows like Survivor, they need to be taking lessons from Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. Put the cameras up and let them go. Yeah. Yeah. That I mean, we'll get we'll get into that to that more on on, on our next episode. But yeah, yeah, yes, 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 yes. You're, so. Final tribal. Final tribal, where they all get to pitch their cases. Um, let's go over some of our thoughts on them. Um, I thought I like that Kane. I like how Kane started it. I love this question of like, what what do you each think that that are 
our perception is of you and do you think it's accurate? I actually think that's a really good mm-hmm. opening question I, that I didn't think about before, which is like, it's a good, it's a good icebreaker question and it's a good like starting point in terms of like, and it tells you a lot. Yeah. It also, it tells you how the, the castaway sees themselves, how they think they're being seen. And then you can compare that to the notes that you've compared at Ponderosa. Right. Which is why it's important that we get those Ponderosa episodes. And because I like that it was also, I think it was Lauren, I can't remember, said something like, I want my, I want whoever I'm choosing to be self-aware yeah. of their game. And that question really allows that. I think that might be why Heidi didn't get more votes than, than the one, because she seemed like she wasn't fully aware of how she was being seen. Yeah. And which well, irritates me because I feel like Carolyn was the most genuine and she got none. Spoiler alert, Jam Jam wins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just get right to it. No, um, I think, yes, I, I have theories as to why Carolyn didn't get any votes. Like, this is why I wanted the ranked voting, and thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Um, because Jeff mentions it later after the tribal. He asks how many people, if given a second vote, would have given it to Carolyn, and almost everybody said yes. Yeah. So it's like, okay, Carolyn is second place then. In my mind, that means Carolyn is second, sure. not Heidi. Heidi only had one person that wanted her to win, and nobody else would have given her second, or pretty much nobody else would have given her second. So, like, what are we Did doing? Did Danny raise his hand when, when Jeff asked that? I can't remember. I don't remember. But yeah, maybe because I've avoided him. Because <laughs> okay, let's talk about Danny. Sure. Because I have a feeling that the only reason Danny gave Heidi a vote is because he sees Heidi's game as heavily dependent on him, and he wanted her win to be his win. He wanted to be able to walk away from this tribal and go, "She won because of me." I don't think you're wrong on that. I. I it was the only way that he could save face. Yeah. Yeah, I think egotistical he- bastard. But what? Well, yeah, I agree. Poo-poo head. Poo-poo head. Um, <laughs> what I was gonna say though, I think Carolyn. I don't think Carolyn played a timid final tribal. I think she kind of played slightly more. Like I think Heidi and Yam Yam were both like willing to refute. Th- I think Carolyn did it once, but like we're willing to sort of like refute things and challenge things, even if they were wrong in certain moments. Like Heidi was definitely wrong in certain moments of of things, and it felt. I think. There were certain moments where I, I got the sense, and I would love their thoughts, that Carolyn felt almost a little laid back, almost too laid back. I think the thing was is that Heidi and Jam Jam went into the final tribal with the thought of the point of this is to make my case for winning. Mm-hmm. Carolyn went into this seemingly with the mindset of we, everybody discusses their game, we put everything out there, and we just be honest about everything. Because she was at some points making arguments for Jam Jam to win. Yeah. And I was like, girl. I, that, no, you're right on that. Like, I think she just kind of thought that it would naturally flow out. Yeah. And that her person, and which I don't think she's wrong. And when she was asked direct questions, she gave great answers. Right. But it wasn't like she was active. Like, there's a couple of times, like, er, like, very early on, Heidi, like, interrupts the Yam Yam to, like, counter something. And, like, I think I would have loved a little bit more of that yeah. incentive on Carolyn's part. But I, would, I, I honestly don't 
know where she would have done that. I mean, yeah, and I know that was, we don't see the whole thing, but like, because Yam Yam and Carson and Carolyn, for the most part, were like willing to sort of like agree on their games and yeah. like sort of like not fight with each other. I think her that's the thing. She would have had to have fought with if she would had to have fought with anyone. It would have had to have been Yam Yam because there was no reason to fight with Heidi. Yeah. There was no like bite there in terms of that. So, but I don't think she wanted to do that. I wish that she had talked about, because she had talked about in confessionals about how she let her emotions lead in order to have people underestimate her. Yeah. yeah. Like she as, like as, said it once, but it was very under the radar. As frustrating as it was for her to be underestimated, she was leaning into that and leaning into her emotions and playing honest to who she was because she knew that that would make people underestimate her. Yeah. And um, that was literally her strategy all the way through. She was left out of votes. She was on the bottom, or not really on, but she was left out of votes, but she was never on the bottom in the tribe. Like, she, like sometimes her names would come up, but she was never actually a target. Like, she yeah. played a great game. No, I, I do. I, yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I think, I, I will say, I think, in the case of Yam Yam, I think one of the th- he did a great job of like weaving humor in a way that was mm-hmm. natural and wasn't like it was charming. Because to me, like you have to charm them to a certain extent. Yeah. You have to make them laugh at times. Mm-hmm. Like it's like it's it's a little bit like crowd work. Yeah, and like, but he did that while still being very strong in terms of the strategy. This is my intention. This was my intention with something. This is why it was successful. This is, you know, and laying that, that format out in a way that I think lend to him the best. I think Heidi had a good narrative that she was delivering that wasn't particularly factual. It was heavily dependent on her perception of events. Yeah. Cause she was like you, I, the, whatever was the point where she was like you and Carolyn, you and Yammy and were always on a high and we were fighting from the, it's like, nah. And they're like, literally the look on their face was like, but then she like contradicted that and was like, well, y'all were like on the, the tail of Soka. And they were like, no, we were controlling those votes. Yeah. And they were like, if you go back and watch the season, they were controlling everything that happened since the merge. Yeah. And Danny, so- Danny like tried to co-op a couple things, but then they got him out. Yeah. They said, Oh, you're going to try to be in charge. That's not how we do things here. We, we roll Tika strong. Right. So you can go home now. Um, Franny introduces the topic about the whole, the, the stuff that had been discussed during the season about emotional versus strategic play and how to weave those things that to me, like even, even though she, I, this is where I was most compelled by Carolyn. I thought her answer where she kind of talked about her addiction and how that kind of influences how she reacts emotionally and how she basically was talking about how, like, it sort of explains the spectrum of her emotions and that, you know, she's, she says it was, it would be, it would have been too painful to numb the feelings in those right. moments. Well, and that's what, because a, a lot of times people that are addicts are using substances to numb their, their emotions because they don't have the tools to deal with them in a healthy way. Yeah. So they instead medicate with substances. And, like, she basically was like, if I do that, it's going to feel like it's 
it's going to trigger my addiction again. Yeah. And if I'm put back into that headspace and we go on a reward where there's a margarita, I may not have the, the willpower yeah. to, to withstand not drinking. And to relapse on a reality show would be no on fun. an island. Like, can you imagine if that if she was like, I cannot be not only just even if she didn't relapse, right? The fact that getting back into that headspace would then put her in a place where she would need a meeting. Yeah. Like and she doesn't have access to it. Yeah. So it's like I totally understand where she was coming from. She was like, I can't go back there. I refuse to go back there. She's been sober, sober 16 years, I think she said. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, no, we're good. You're yeah. good. You played a great game. Yeah. I, I think it would have been nice to like, see, I think, well, not nice. I think what the jury would have maybe liked is like hearing that, hearing that as sort of like the first part of her, of the story and then concluding it with, this is these were the the things in my mindset that are set for me because of my addiction. So this is why I played the game, and this is the moments in which I either mass. You know what I mean? Like these are the these are the moments in the game in which I showcase that. And I also wish that she had then said, "And this is how I used my emotion strategically." Yeah, yeah. They yeah. are not opposite ends of the spectrum for me. They are one and the same. Mm-hmm. Um, Heidi talks a little bit about there's there was a little bit Heidi I'll, I'm not saying it was manipulative in any way like framed a lot of it behind representation like she wanted to be a good example for Latinas and women in science and like and that and and that's true and, well, I, and that's that's a standard tactic in the final tribal like that's that's happened like pretty much every final and I don't think it's tribal. like. I think because Survivor has made such a point to be this emotional thing, right? Right. In the structure of the show, you're naturally going to have that in the final tribals because that's the most um, emotional point. Mm-hmm. So you're going to tell that story. And I don't think it was performative in any ways. Um, I, I love the game because she later says like, you know, I would be the first, uh, I would be the oldest female to win the competition if you vote for me to win. And I love Yam Yam being later going like, and I would be the first Puerto Rican, <laughs> like trying to count. And again, using that humor in a way to sort of like, um, speaking of setting records, he is the first, uh, he is the first queer, uh, winner we've had since season 15 with Todd, which I was like, wow. Like that, I, that's crazy to me. Like, and he's the first queer winner of color that we've had. Yeah. That's so I mean, he still set records. Yeah. It's it's wild to think that like it's been that long. Like yeah. yeah. And it's not like we've had no representation on the no, show. We've the, had amazing the, people on the show. There's a lot of queer representation on Survivor, to be honest, over yeah. the years. So like, yeah, it's it's shocking. Um, you know, they talk about like the physical game, right? And they talk about the challenges and Carol. I like what Carolyn also said about like overcoming those emotions about being bad at challenges. Mm-hmm. Cause like she thought she would do so well. Um, and that she got really upset cause her son in her letter was like, I'm sure you're winning everything, like whatever. Yeah. And sort of like, but she, I love what she also said about, she always tells her son, she told her son to never speak badly about himself. And like that kind of reassurance, like she's like, I make that a point in my parenting to like, and having to do that to myself in this competition. Like I thought she's um, got to be such a fucking good mom. Yeah. Good I, God. I thought emotionally 
that's that's where I'm like emotionally she hit all the points. I think she gave the most emo- like well done emotional story of all three of them. Mm-hmm. I think that wasn't enough for the jury, but I still think that's really. I think I I think her jury speech should be studied in certain regards from people playing the game of how to do that and yeah. how to like how to succeed in that element. It's honestly, one element, but I will say by the end of the tribal when voting was happening, I wasn't sure. Yeah, I had I didn't know which way the jury was going. And I was I sensing it, yam yam, but like I, I, I honestly would not have been surprised with a two two four. Yeah. I would not have been surprised with a three five. I would not like. Yeah, there were many splits in there that I would not have been surprised by. I also really uh, commend. I want to commend Carson as well. Uh, one the statistics that he was like, pull- you were on the right side of the vote, 88 point, whatever. It was like, Jesus. Well, I mean, but then he real, he like, he revealed in the after show that he literally has an internship with NASA as an Astros. Yeah. Physicist. So it like, makes sense. The, and he's also the youngest person on, how old is he? He's like, or 21. Probably. Yeah. But like, like He's a child. He's barely above an infant, and he's like working at NASA. Yeah, and like, like what the hell? His age also makes it so funny about the fact that like Carolyn at one point is sort of explaining the idol play on Carson and like why it still mattered even though it didn't like even though Carson wouldn't have gone home and talks about like sort of like I didn't trust Jamie and Lauren though to ensure that I could get Danny out and sort of explaining why she needed Danny out and Carson was like. I, people were saying on like, like she he was like stage momming a little he was bit like, yeah kind of like point like pointing like yes that and like sort of like it was really sweet in the sense of like but i think it was it was less about him trying to coach her and be like you should say this and more of a reassurance sort you of you know what to say i'm just giving you the reassurance that you're on the right track right because he knew that confidence was going to be her downfall in this and anything that he could do to help her display her game the best way possible he was going to do yeah yeah like i i have turned like a full 180 on him like from the beginning of the season he was really irritating at the beginning (laughs) of the season but like once you get past the kind of nerdy know-it-all type he really is the new uh cochran like yeah. honestly, I think he could come back and win an All Star season, and like he's he's gonna end up being a fan favorite for a long time. I think he did amazingly well. I think Carolyn did amazingly well, and will also be a fan favorite for a while. I think this whole cast is full of amazing people. I'd like to see most of them back, not Danny. Um, <laughs> I'd love to see Matthew back. Um, you know, just because he didn't get the chance to play very long, we're gonna get Bruce back next season. Yeah, we saw that in the preview for which I was happy because that was just a shitty situation where it's like, dude, head dove into the side of the challenge structure and like busted his head open and concussed himself in the first on the first beach. We're not even in tribes, really. Yeah. We've split up into tribes, but nobody's met each other. They've just stood on their mats, talked it. Talked it. What's his Jeff? Yeah, and then run and headbutt the thing. Well, let, yeah, I was gonna say one thing about the after show, but before I will say they voted. Uh, the vote seven to one. Yam Yam wins. Um, the one vote for Heidi was Danny, as you mentioned. Like, 
but credit to Yam Yam, really great performance. I think I was, if it wasn't Caroline, I was very happy that it was Yam Yam. Yeah. Like I thought, I thought it was a really great winner. Um, to the point of the after show, and we were talking, we talked a little bit about like how we kind of wish they would go back to the live format of the, mm-hmm. I don't like that we don't get any of the pre-merge people. Yeah. Like it's, I would have loved to see Matthew back. I would have loved to see, like there were so many iconic characters from the first bit that we just don't get anymore. Yeah. Cause they're doing all of this only, you know, live on, on the Island. And it's like, what are we doing? Yeah. I Cause, think- but it's frustrating also because all of these people already, it's not like they booked them new flights. Those people are at a different camp. Yeah. Bring them back. I don't understand it. I don't, we're not again, don't cancel me, but we're not in COVID anymore. Not in the way that we were like, come on guys. I mean, even if they want to bring all of those people, like even if you want to keep it on the island and do the um, the immediate finale, fine. I don't like it, but like bring the people back. They are not gone. They're still in Fiji. Yeah, it's it's baffling to me. Um, we go to the after. We won't talk too much. We talked a little bit here and there about the after show so far. Was there anything else that we wanted to like touch on? Matt um, and Franny are seeming seemingly an item. Yeah, um, and. Honestly, they they seem really cute together. Sure, I, I still really, can't believe he's straight. I can't honestly. When I see him with her now, you like, see it. I see it. I don't see him as being straight. I see him as being a franny sexual. <laughs> if that makes sense. Sure. Like, I I don't know who else he'd be attracted to. Franny seems like the perfect half. Yeah. To him, like they are really well matched. I don't know how they ended up on this island together, but you know, I, I kind of feel like it was fate because they seem really perfectly paired. Yeah, but no, I, and there was there was the, the they revealed the um that the Jamie's idol was fake. I didn't when Jeff was like, "We're gonna plan it in the next season and be like, is it real?" I'm like, Jeff, you need to stop. Like, stop. Like, not every idea that comes into your fucking head needs to actually. Play, uh, like, calm down for two seconds, Are Jeff. we going to use the red X? We don't know. I'm so over it. I'm over Jeff. Uh, the, yeah, but it was, it was good. I, the, like I said, the new after shows, especially with them being on the island, I kind of tune out a little bit sometimes. Like, yeah. I'm like. Because it doesn't matter as much because they don't see the behind the scenes. Nothing is revealed unless they choose to reveal it there. They don't have a full, like, they don't get to think about their games for, like, a couple months to, like, sort of, like, digest things. I also really enjoy what, like, I would have really enjoyed it last year or last season when Gabler won for the entire cast to, like, have this dread realizing what was about to happen after they have left and realize how much of a shitty asshole Gabler is. Yeah. And so, realize that so he what got, happened? So he, what happened with Sarah Lucina on Game yes, Changers? Yeah. Yes, because that was amazing. When Ozzy was whole, like, "Shit!" To watch the whole cast, like the dread set in as they realize how the votes are going. Uh, they're like, "Holy fuck! Really? <laughs> Did we really do this?" Yeah, and it was great. Like, at least if you're going to have a shitty winner, you need, the cast needs to be aware of what they've done when they do it. I need to see that horror on their face. Oh my God. Yeah. But I will say this good season survivor. I, 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 with this new era, we have our issues and we've talked about them extensively Mm -hmm. on the show. I think this has been the best season of the new era. I will say that. 
Um, I think a large part of that is the cast. I mm-hmm. think it was really good casting overall, really great characters that they picked. Um, like you said, there's a bunch of people I could see be brought back in the future. I'm just, it feels like a while since they've done an all-stars, like past cast members thing where I feel like, I mean, obviously winners at war. Well, but I was about to say 40 was winners at war. Yeah, but that's different. That's like a separate, that's its yeah. own category. Like I, I think like, you know, I think it, it's a potential to do that again. Like I think, Oh yeah. And, and yeah, we'll, we're leaving survivor, but we will be back in the fall, obviously talking about the 45 and, and seeing what happens there. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Really, really decent, good season of Survivor that I really enjoyed. All righty, babe. So we've got uh, Survivor. We've got uh, Drag Race. What do you think for tops and bottoms? Tops and bottoms. Let me start off with my bottom. Um, I'm going to give it to Michelle Visage on Drag Race. Yeah. uh, God, I feel like everyone shits on Michelle now, but I really, there's something about the judging that just annoyed me with the whole like bodysuit with stuff glued onto it critique where it's just like, you don't have to do this. Yeah. Like you're kind of being dick. And it's like, I kind of, you know, I don't miss when the judges were dicks, but when you're so like not focused on that, it was like, Okay, something's coming out that's really annoying me. This wasn't as bad as you're making it out to be. Like, yeah. Like, if it was really just shit glued to shit, then yes, complain. I don't think she even complained about Kasha's actively, like, as much yeah. as others did. So, like, calm down. Like, Jimbo looked great. <laughs> Jimbo looked great. Yeah. L- annoying. Um, my top, I'm going to give it to Yam Yam. Uh, credit to him for winning. Um, I, and really enjoyed him. You know, Carolyn was always a large part of our tops throughout the, the run of the show, uh, this season of survivor, but I really think Yam Yam has been also really vital to the show and like great humor, great strategist. Um, always really compelling into where he was going to, by the way, he was always very like, you know, whether he was going to finally take out Carolyn, whether, you know, you know, like it was always interesting to see what he was going to do. And I think a good representation for the LGBT community, I think a good representation on a multitude of different fronts that I mm-hmm. really appreciate having on the show. And yeah, really, really, really great stuff from him. Yeah, definitely. What about you, babe? Um, so I'm going to start with my bottom as well. And it's going to be um, production on Survivor. Uh, number one, not all of Jeff's ideas need to be realized. <laughs> number two, let your cast speak for itself. And that, again, goes for production across competition reality shows. Um, like, just let your cast be your cast. Like, right. if your casting department has done their job, then you're going to have a great season. Like, you don't, you don't need to fuss with it too much. You just need to capture the action and edit the footage down to give us a full picture of what happened. That's not what um they're doing a lot of the like when gabler wins last season and we didn't see any of the reason yeah that he won like and sure we get that some with with uh jam jam like we see why he's winning right um like we see that this season so great on fixing that but some of the some of the stuff that they did this season was still eh, not great um, they still need to just let their cast be their cast. Um, speaking of Jam Jam doing great, and to piggyback off of your top, I'm going to give my top to the Tika 3. Um, as a team and as, like, honestly a family, they really 
show how you can get through a competition series like this and work together and have disputes without getting bitter. Yeah. And really is a wholesome, healthy way to do these shows. And really the three of them together, like because you have three very different players, right? Who were able to connect and who were able to make a solid force that went under the radar pretty much until the end. Mm -hmm. Like, it was... People need to pay attention to how they played this game because that is a great strategy going forward. It is a great way to hide and still be in control of the entire fucking game and get two of your members to the final three, all three of them to the final four. That's ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That doesn't happen to alliances. The era of alliances isn't over, Jamie. You just <laughs> didn't know how to do it right. Yeah, Jamie. That's how to do it right. Those three were paired or trioed on day one and got to the end together. All three of them. Yeah. So, like, I, I'm sorry. That, to me, shows that alliances have huge value. They never actively went about uh, after each other. They like sometimes left Carolyn out of things, but by and large, they worked as a unit. Yeah, from day one to day what twenty six. Yep, and it's it. I'm in awe of that unit and how that worked and how that really family was created and how they. took care of each other and how it was so much more than gameplay for them. Right. Um, it was just, it was a beautiful look into like the human condition and all of this stuff that like Jeff always talks about, like survivor is <laughs> yeah. like the three of them are a really great picture of what Jeff wants survivor to be. Yeah. More of that, please. More of that. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.